Welcome to Adventures in Humanness with me, your host, JC. And in this episode, this is going to be the start of a mini-series for a book I'm writing, Adventures in Humanness. And this is relevant to the healing journey because what I'm sharing on the podcast is what I'm sharing. But this next chapter was, I was dictating, you know, into the voice recorder. So if it sounds a bit strange, then... I think I thought I was doing voice notes as well. But it's relevant. And if you know anyone who this can benefit and they're on their own healing journey and they want to discover whole new ways of being well and, you know, how we get to that place of, you know, accepting that we can we can be well. We we have come become addicted to a certain way of being, a certain way of doing things, you know, accepting a certain medicine, but this all adds to the adventure in humanness, so enjoy. It is becoming easier, but it is still challenging to talk of these things. I suppose this chapter is called The Awakening. The awakening happened at the extreme point of pain and was punctuated by two or more prominent incidences. When I was still on the crutch, there was the guitar. I turned to the note being played, two notes, clear as day. As I turned my face, I saw the blue form standing tall, nearly up to the ceiling, but not quite. A blue form, bodily shaped, but no features, no distinguishing things and it was so quickly gone. But when I placed my eyes on this form, I'd had a sense of extreme peace and lightness come over me. I thought it was my gran on speaking to Stephen. His senses were It was more of an angelic nature. Suffice to say, something told me the very next day to phone and cancel my operation. I'd been on that crutch for a year and I'd been gobbling neurontin for the longest time. I had stopped taking them before this incident. I stopped taking it all when dad died. I wanted to feel everything. The pain that I'd kept inside me for so many years, I wanted to feel it on the outside so I could be free of it. After this incident, although 
I already felt much changed from my experience with meeting Robert Holden of Hay House, who also runs Everyday Miracles and is a practitioner of A Course in Miracles. Ever since I met him that day and my mum brought this man back to the car to push our car that had broken down as we looked around some old childhood haunts on the way back from seeing my father go to a fiery end. It was the strangest thing. I was drawn to him immediately. His bracelet was not like one I'd really seen a man wear before and it had the name lovability on it and I noticed it and I mentioned it. As he left us with the car after three failed attempts to put it into gear and get it going, he had to leave to go continue and go home with his family. Before he left, he walked round to the side of the car which I'd been sitting in because I was still on the crutch. I must say, it was a sad, pathetic sight, me walking up in that church. I digress. He came over to the passenger side and took his bracelet off and gave it to me. Something in me was so touched by this and there was something kind and clear in his face. He said his goodbyes and went to walk off. He only got a few steps when he turned back. He looked at my mum and then he looked at me and he said, something's telling me you are supposed to be here. And I had begun practicing gratitude at that point. I'd begun my process. And to hear this, I felt it deep inside me. On that, he walked closer. My mum, who is extremely open to many different things, said, oh, really? And she said, what's your name? And he said, Robert. And she just said out the blue, it's not Robert Holden, is it? And he said, yes. And she said, oh, I've got some of your books. And he said, I'd really like to actually send you some more. And he proceeded to get our emails quite hurriedly because he had to go. Um, and, and he went. And it was interesting because after that meeting, I wanted to find out about who this man was. I wanted to find out what this encounter was and who he was and what he was about. You know, it was a week or so and as he promised, you know, I emailed him, he sent the books. Um, we got Trust Life by Louise Hay, Lovability and one more I can't actually remember. And I read Lovability and I was just blown away. It's what I needed to hear right then. And it was, it just touched my heart, you know. It just, it just absolutely touched something inside of me that I 
wasn't aware that I had like a, a connection that was being re-established somewhere deep, deep in the core of me. And I wanted to find out more. I read the books. I kind of watched a couple of his talks and, you know, I noticed his father was, he was talking about his father who had huge addiction problems, I think with alcohol. And he was talking about how he had to let go. And, you know, his experience with addiction, that reminded me that although I'd done really well, I hadn't done anything, that I was really mindful of not ever falling back into that pit of control and addiction and just want and need and lack and so I reached out to him and said you know explain the situation and at that point I hadn't come to terms with even speaking about my dad and the abuse I was more worried about obviously addiction and falling back into that so he said I have a group everyday miracles if you'd like to join and that was really the start for me I'd never ever had a spiritual practice I'd never you know done anything been open to that I've been so shut off and disconnected you know God was like going into this place and drawing a picture of Jonah and the whale and it felt separate it felt cold it felt distant it didn't feel it just felt like a line it didn't feel it didn't feel real but this felt different this felt true and it it was I needed to hear it at this time and the words really resonated deeply so they allowed me to join and they gave me a bursary which was really beautiful of them Holly Holden and Robert Holden and I just started stepping out there and just posting and I hadn't been online really you know it was all kind of new to me and I just found real comfort and people were asking you know I'm not don't feel well you know kind of can we have can I ask for your prayers and I just thought that was so lovely and I got up the courage and kind of posted some things and got things back and then you know I enjoyed going and being able to kind of be the comfort for people also you know giving and receiving and that really changed things for me because I really started opening up and that takes me back to so that was I'd say about a month before we had the the blue form incident and I didn't have the operation the next day and from there on out I made it my mission to find things that worked for me so I found this therapy called Sinar therapy you know I worked I had five sessions a beautiful guy called Tony in Chichester I had five sessions and I could walk again without the crutch so that one was ticked off the list. Then unfortunately, after my dad's death, that's when the neurological disorder started. I mean, it's a joke, really. It's like a Monty Python sketch. Um, and then it kind of just all went tits up from there. Uh, heart attack, uh, just, God, so many symptoms, just ridiculous. Like not being able to move, um, and the only reason that I'm here now and the only reason that I can stand in any kind of truth is because that happened to me. You know, I was able to go deeply, deeply within because I had to, because my brain 
just and my nervous system just short-circuited and literally was under so much trauma physical emotional every kind of trauma coming at it from every single angle I feel as if a reset was brought about and when you open up and you step out of this box of humanness then you start opening up to you know what you are who you are and everything I was doing with my gratitude practice with the course in miracles it all fit together and then I started you know looking into different types of medicine I always knew about the medical system but experiencing it from the inside you know that created an awakening too because what do you do with that anger would you just sit with it oh life's not fair you know life is not fair I'm really sad I'm really angry are you going to just lay down because you can lay down for a bit but you want to stand up again and that's what I did and you just keep standing up you just keep standing up you know because life is a gift and once I realized that I could have an effect on how my life went and I got to choose if I dragged my trauma around with me and nurtured it like and fed it at my breast like a baby like it was my identity if I dragged my illness my chronic health my emphysema my neuro disorder and I become that I am that what's your diagnosis you know I have this I have that I'm ill look at me a certain way you know when I woke up when I had these incidences the energy in the house changed my frequency changed I started writing researching Aramaic and just really deeply reading a lot and the more I read and the more I opened up to more information just the more I expanded and I'm so open now it's as if the world is a playground because when you take total responsibility for yourself and all those things that you think are real you just peel away and you can move in such a different way in the world and ever since that meeting with Robert so many things have come into my path and since I've cultivated that gratitude I mean you have to stare pain in the face because there's there's nowhere to go you know when there's nothing to anesthetize yourself you know you can take all the drugs in the world you can't cover that hollowness and that pain if you don't do it in this lifetime you will have to do it in the next and whether you believe in going round you know we are energy first and if we don't sort out and that's what I knew and that's what I wanted to do at one point I programmed myself because I laid there and I thought it's inevitable I'm going to die you know so you know and I sat there and I obsess about it and then I thought well you know what's the point of that like why don't I focus on something good instead of focusing on like the lungs doing this and the heart and the symptoms here and the lumps in the armpits and you know it's like overwhelm you know where do you 
turn, you, you turn inward, inward and expand outward, build an empire inside, you know, because when, when the body is so damaged, you, you're not going to identify with that pain, you know, there is ways to transform pain and it's not taking a pill. And I've taken all the pills in the world. I mean, they're great. I mean, they feel nice and stuff. But, you know, when you realise every feeling like that you have inside you, because I can create feelings like that now without heroin, without crack. I mean, better. There's no side effects. You can access that inside you. You can access all that, all those chemicals, all drugs do is activate things that are already in our body, our natural DMT, you know, our dopamine, our serotonin, anandamide, you know, all these beautiful neurochemicals that, you know, we unfortunately have replaced with cortisol and adrenaline as a staple. And once I realized that, I realized that my health was in my hands and it was up to me to know that bad parent had walked away from me, that bad parent would leave me to die and it's up to me to choose whether that that I'm okay with that or not. Am I going to trust this outside source, physical source, to tell me or not tell me, to, to make judgment on me. Because nobody can do that. There isn't a profession old enough in the world. So my awakening started with my complete and utter demise. And that's how it usually is, isn't it? It's a process of learning yourself and unlearning your humanness. I really do believe all the people that have been broken have the greatest potential in the greatest success and creating a life they really want to live because when you have pounded those streets so hard on the path to destruction then you know how dedicated you were and how much energy you put into damaging yourself and you know pursuing all the bad roles and getting all the bad boyfriends and taking all the drugs and running around like a fuckhead and just being an asshole. I mean, it doesn't matter what you've had done with you. Like, you know, I was an asshole. Like, not really to other people. I just probably obnoxious, just you know, just selfish. Selfish. You know, like I didn't harm people. I never went and robbed people. I only ever damaged myself. I mean, I must have been really annoying to be around because I hated not because I did anything to people, because I hated myself so much that I had to literally just dose myself up with pills just to be in front of anyone else. I mean, I thought I was a piece of shit. Well, I remember when I was, I don't know, eight, maybe it was older, might have been a bit older, and 
I was writing a list and my best friend at the time, Roanne, said, what are you writing? And I'm like, I remember the paper. I can see a snapshot of it. And it was like, you know, you are disgusting. I hate you. You make me sick. You deserve to die. You know, and that actually upsets me thinking about that now. I'd forgotten about it. And she said, what are you doing? And, um... It was just normal and natural to me. I was surprised that she thought... I mean, I did that kind of thing all the time. You know, I used to draw a dream house in the sky in my mind that I used to go to at night. And I don't know now if I was astrally travelling there because it felt as if each time I went to sleep, it would start like it had been paused, you know? (laughs) It would just carry on and I'd just live my life there in that big cornfield the house in the middle of the cornfield it didn't look like it had a strange sky but I think and I know I was very open as a child and the damage and the fracturing of my soul and the fracturing of my psyche has taken work to put back and I feel and I know to be true for me that you have to be dismantled completely to rebuild yourself into what you should have been, to what you are heading toward your entire life. You know, pain is not supposed to define us. Pain is a tool that we can grow from and pain is a tool that we listen to, that our bodies are telling us and they're clearing. And we've been told and taught that The only answer to that is to cut out, to suppress, and to poison. And what I know now, what I've awakened to, this awakening really encompasses many things because it's an awakening to, a real deep awakening to the systems we live in, a real deep awakening to the systems of my body, and a real deep awakening to the truth of my soul, which is universal, cosmic, and eternal. So once I gave up the fear of death, and I knew it was just stepping out into a long sleep and a new skin, that's when all the magic started, that's when all the miracles started. And I'm so grateful for the journey, and I am so grateful for the chronic health and all of it. And I'm so grateful that I got to know myself again. I often see 333 and 555 all over the place. And I get so many signs and I listen now. I listen to that inner knowing. I listen to that intuition. I feel and sense the whisper of the plants, you know, the words on the wind, I sense it, I can breathe nature in, and we can all do it, and we can all do it, and maybe this is a time when we become all broken, and we get to start again, and we get to put back the pieces of brokenness, the pieces of separation that we've known for so long and normalized but it's time now and I enjoyed 
so very much putting myself back together.